Welcome to the Daniel Day Podcast, conversations on discipleship and leadership. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. It is the first interview of 2021, and right now I am joined by my old friend, Josh Dominguez. Josh, how are you today? I am fantastic. I'm excited for this new year. Thanks for having me on, Daniel. And it's great to, Pastor Daniel, it's great to reconnect with you after many years. Um, it's been, I don't know, the last time we've talked, but I know, I, I feel like every time we talk, it's like we've picked up right where we left off. Yes. Well, you know, I'm laughing because anytime I talk to you, I always have flashbacks of 2003, Horton. Uh, you know, I taught you everything you know about racquetball. I taught you everything you know about guitar. Nobody knows this. This is just, this is, you know, anytime anybody says you taught me stuff on the guitar, it's fake news because <laughs> I, I just, people need to know that, that I basically taught you how to play the guitar and the rules of racquetball. And now it's out there on the internet. It must be true. Absolutely. There's no denying that you taught me everything about racquetball. <laughs> yes. Yes. Especially our uh, invention of hallway racquetball on Horton level two. We won't go there, but just know there is another way to play racquetball and it's quite dangerous. There might be those out there who know exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> yes. And the, the injuries are still there. The scars are still there. And um, yeah. uh, after many, many years of therapy, I have finally been able to move on Same from here. our hallway racquetball Fairly and our fight cool. club. We had Fight Club on uh, Horton Level 2 that we uh, broke out the boxing gloves and took them to the prayer rooms. (laughs) (laughs) Those prayer rooms got a lot of use. They did. They did. I tell you what. Oh, man. Well, listen, Josh, it's good to reconnect. We've known each other for nearly 20 years. It's crazy Mm -hmm. to actually think about that, that uh, both of us are pushing the big 4-0 within the next couple of years. and. God has brought us a long way, mm-hmm. and uh, but we've had some good times, haven't we? We've had a lot of good times, and you know, you just brought back a lot of memories right there. Yep. <laughs> we can dive into, but we'll save a lot of those stories for another show. We'll have to do that on part two and three. <laughs> Recovering go. from the years of Horton dormitory, mm-hmm. um, you know, we can we can talk about that later, but. Anyway, Josh, listen, as we get started, I can't wait. Just so people know what we're talking about today, you have a tremendous testimony about a, um, a health crisis that you've been going through for the last couple of years and how the Lord has brought you through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't wait for that testimony to be shared. We're going to have some fun today, but we're also going to be sharing a great testimony. And so as we get started, Josh, would you please open us up in prayer? Would love to. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we just come before you and we thank you so much for a fresh new year god a new opportunity lord to uh to seek you father to see what you have for us god to to go after your uh your calling on our lives lord jesus and we thank you for daniel what he's doing here we thank you for this opportunity to share uh what you have done in my life and i just pray god that the words that are spoken on this show and all this on this podcast god would would reach somebody's heart which reach somebody's mind god and would inspire and encourage somebody today lord we thank you and god we just believe that you have great things in store for us in the name of jesus we pray amen amen so friends josh is a full-time husband how many years have you and mandy been married we are going on 13 years of marriage 13 years of marriage josh is a father of five 
-hmm. what what are the age what are the ages of your kids oh, and now you're really testing me <laughs> so i have a i have an eight month old wow uh, and then next i have a two and a half year old girl uh and then next i have a six-year-old boy and then i have an eight-year-old girl and then my son is uh he's gonna turn 12 soon he's 11 right now i can't believe you're gonna have a 12 year old I uh, know it's getting it's getting real. My daughter's going to be twelve next year. My son's turning nine this month, so maybe we can do an arranged marriage between <laughs> your older son hey. and my daughter, and we'll just. <laughs> All right. So you've got five kids, yeah. a lot of ages, and you're also a a minister. You're an avid songwriter, a great musician. Um, we were joking around earlier about me teaching you how to play the guitar, but that is absolutely incorrect. Um, but uh, Josh is a phenomenal musician, plays multiple instruments, tremendously anointed worship leader. Um, and you're a, what I like to call a serial entrepreneur. You, you just keep starting businesses and you've, you've started many businesses. So you're kind of a, uh, not a jack of all trades, but you do a lot of things. I try to stay busy. And going back to the music, we did play in a band together, so we can. We did. That is true. We and did. Travel doing some music and uh, in the great CBC group of, called Heart Song, and Sarah, your wife Sarah was in the in that group too. We had some great times traveling. Um, yes. We went to Hawaii together. That's right. I believe that's where you proposed. They can't say no when you're on Waikiki Beach. Absolutely. There's nowhere to. I mean, there's nowhere to go. If they do say no, you're just kind of stuck there. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, I do a lot, and uh, you know, I'm just trying to stay uh, trying to stay productive. Um, you know, I didn't I didn't plan on being a business owner and uh, starting businesses. It's something that God, I believe, placed in my heart to do uh, years ago, and it's just been uh, an exciting journey. And you know, it's it's been a lot of fun thus far. That's really great. So Josh, as a full-time husband, father, worship leader, minister, songwriter, recording artist, uh, business owner, um, you do all of that and you work with the same 24-hour clock that all of us do. How are you being uh, productive and managing your time and, and how are you putting your family first and able to make time for them? And, you know, yeah. so many of us... Uh, we, we, we struggle to manage our time well, and you've got a lot going on. So how do you do it? Yeah, that's a great question. And you know, it's, you said it, putting your family first, uh, obviously your relationship with God is, uh, it's gotta be your foundation to whatever you're doing. Uh, if you're a Christ follower, um, you know, just really following the path that God has for you, uh, discerning his calling, discerning his voice in your life, uh, and putting your family first. I mean, keeping your priorities straight. But, you know, I don't do all of these things at one uh, place of, uh, of automation almost. I uh, started a business, my first business back in 2013. Um, and then, you know, once I kind of ran that course, um, I kind of moved on to the next project, uh, which was in the LED business, which I'm in now. So, um, and really over the past three and a half years, been really building that company up, finding great team players, um, you know, finding great resources, uh, developing great systems, kind of like what you guys do at, at your church, you know, finding great people, developing great systems. And, uh, you know, you get it to a great place where uh, you can almost step back a little bit 
and you're not as involved in the day-to-days, you're involved in some uh, key decisions and whatnot, um, but you just, you find great people, you empower them uh, to do certain tasks within the company, within the business. Uh, and then I've moved on to other businesses. I've, you know, I, again, I didn't plan on being a serial entrepreneur, um, but I, I've had friends of mine come to me and say, hey man, I have this idea, I wanna start this company, I, have no, I don't know where to start. And you know me, I just, I love helping people. And so uh, my buddy Walt, he came and he said, hey, I love, I love moving. I love being a part of uh, the moving process. I've been doing it for 15 years with other companies, but I want to have my own company. And I said, hey, man, I'll, I will help you. Let's just get this thing going. And, you know, two years ago, we started that process. And now he's got a great moving company uh, that he's, you know, rocking out. I'm part of it still. And I still help from a, uh, a back end support and, a, you know, kind of consulting him along the way. Um, but you know, keeping keeping God at the center, and like the song says, Israel, <laughs> keeping Jesus at the center of everything you do. Uh, music is a is a huge part of who I am. You know that, Daniel. Just going back to Bible college days, and always writing songs and about where I'm at in the journey, what God is speaking to me about. Always, uh, you know, playing guitar, always worshiping. Um, you know, part of my ministry has been. Uh, going to churches and, and ministering to where maybe they don't have a worship leader, they don't have a worship pastor, or if they do and the worship pastor is sick or maybe on vacation they need to fill in. I enjoy going to these churches and getting to know these pastors and, and leading worship and doing worship nights and whatnot. Um, it's just, it's an exciting journey. And, you know, on a day-to-day basis, I think you and I are reading the same book right now, uh, When Today by Mark Batterson, a couple chapters in. And, you know, when you look at uh, goals and things you want to uh, be productive with, looking at it in a year's time, it can be kind of overwhelming. But looking at today, you know, like what he's talking about, looking at today and what is priority for today uh, has been really key for me. Looking at today and say, all right, what, what's my priority for today? Obviously, taking care of my family, um, spending time in the Word and Prayer, uh, but what's most important today with the other uh, things, I'm, the other projects I'm involved in? And so I think that's been really helping me keep things in perspective, not get overwhelmed by every, everything going on and, you know, all the responsibilities, uh, but just, you know, trusting that, that God has a plan and God's leading you and you're making decisions uh, in the key areas that you feel are the most important today. And I know that family is, is really huge for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're very close with your immediate family, your mom, your dad, you're very close with your wife and her family and all your kids. And uh, you must've had a tremendous support structure at home. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, your wife and how she works with you and ministers with you and raises your kids and talk to me about family and it's I mean, it's, it's been a journey for sure. Um, you know, we've gone through many processes and trying out different things, having five kids, you know, you really, are developing your, uh, your family culture, your DNA, um, you know, how you parent, uh, what your philosophies are as a family. I think every family kind of goes through this. Um, you know, but for, for us early on, I, I knew that I wanted my kids to be close to our family, not, um, you know, not spend a whole lot of time in public school or being raised by other organizations or um, other uh, programs. Um, so we we decided that it's best for my wife to spend the time at home with them and to homeschool our kids. Uh, that's been very important for us and been uh, a valuable thing for us because 
she can spend a lot of time with them. I can spend a lot of time with them as a business owner. I can free up my schedule. Uh, we can do, you know, customized uh, field trips if we wanted to. We could take time off and kind of arrange our uh, year calendar how we want it. Um, but yeah, I think uh, having a strong support system uh, it has been such a freeing and empowering aspect of my life for me to be able to go after um, you know business ventures and uh, different opportunities and, and different ministry tactics. Um, you know, my wife's family lives a mile and a half around the corner, and that's always helpful. <laughs> Yeah, uh, my media family lives 3,000 miles away in San Diego, but it's crazy. They come out here, we go out there, and I feel like I see them all the time. So the distance really isn't a factor for us. Um, but from a marriage standpoint, um, I firmly believe that, you know, getting your wife on the same page with, with the vision, with what your vision is for your family, uh, for your life, you know, I, I always have to kind of rehash the vision. Uh, every couple months because we kind of lose sight of what we're doing and like, hey, you know, we have to sit down, hey, you know, here's where we want to go, here's where we want to be. And then it makes sense on why things are the way they are, or you might have to make some certain adjustments. Uh, but I always find that, especially in business, um, <clears throat> it could always, it can look, it can be difficult from the financial aspect because there's no guarantee paycheck, you know, so you, especially when you're starting out, things can look kind of slim and you know, there might not be a, a paycheck for a certain week or a certain month and you know you're counting your pennies and then the next month it might look good and next month it could be back to slim pickings and um that inconsistency and you know some security that most women enjoy um is not always there with business so i've always had to kind of for the past four years or so just share the vision here's where we're going i know it's hard right now um, but we're making improvements and I can see us getting here in the next six months or so. And, you know, she comes on board, she gets behind me, she supports me. I have to do that a lot less and less now because we're seeing a lot more fruit of our labor uh, now. Um, but I wouldn't be able to do anything that I do now without the support of my wife, number one, my kids understanding, um, my wife's family, knowing what our vision is for our family, my family back in San Diego, my church family uh, has been a huge support of, of our businesses and, and what I'm doing and uh, even having me come out and do worship and everything. And it's been so awesome to, to see uh, the support. And I think, you know, if you're starting a ministry, if you're starting a business, if you're starting a nonprofit, whatever it is, I mean, you you've got to find that support. If you don't, if you don't feel like you have it, I would encourage you to spend the time and share the vision, have sit downs, take people out to lunch, share the vision, get people behind you because that going at it alone is not easy, you yeah. know, and you've got to have a strong, I know, you know, Daniel, you've, you've planted churches before and you know, you've gone out in ministry and everything. Having a strong support system is absolutely vital. So let's talk about your business for a little bit. Right now, you are the uh, owner, operator, CEO, all things combined uh, for a company known as Refresh LED. Mm -hmm. And uh, quickly, give me the 30-second bullet point uh, yeah. version of what is Refresh LED for those who may not know. 
absolutely. Well, what we do at Refresh is we help churches, businesses, uh, organizations utilize LED video wall technology to get their message across. Uh, right now, the bulk of our business, uh, the bulk of our clients are churches, um, especially now with, uh, with COVID happening. Um, you know, a lot of churches are focusing on the online experience. Um, but even prior to that, um, just seeing the transition from projection screens to LED video walls, just because there's a huge variety in what you can do with the LED video walls and they're, they're made of panels. Uh, so you can create uh, a variety of designs uh, with the same amount of panels. So you don't have to keep buying new ones. Um, we've seen a lot of creativity come out of it and a lot of churches are taking advantage of it. We've worked with retail stores. They put them in their windows at malls and whatnot. Um, and we've even done a few bowling alleys and different, uh, different type of venues. And it's been really cool to see uh, the way people are utilizing our product. And it's been really cool to just be a part of it and get to know a lot of different people across the country and, yeah. uh, and work with different type of clients. It sounds, sounds like it's right up your alley because you, you understand intuitively what people need with that technology before you even come in. Um, you understand the technology, but you also understand uh, kind of the purpose behind it mm -hmm. and what it's, what it's being used for in ministry or reaching a clientele or what, whatever you have. Mm -hmm. um, you're not a name dropper, but I'm going to ask you, because I know uh, some of the people you've worked with are very well known. And, and I'd like you to share some of the, um, some of the clients that you've been working yeah. with. You know, Daniel, it's been a privilege just to be able to work with some of the people we work with. And again, you you hit the nail on the head there that we don't approach our business uh, from a salesy uh, perspective. And I know a lot of companies do. We we just we come at it and we say, hey, our very first question we always ask is is what's your vision? And whether you're a business owner or you're a pastor, uh, we want to hear your vision. And we authentically do because uh, you know I've been in full time ministry before. I know vision is a big part of the, the ministry track. And I know, uh, you know, hearing the vision, if, if our product doesn't fit your vision, we're not gonna, we're not gonna recommend it. We might, and we've done it before. We've actually said, hey, you know, maybe you should look into a different product or a different solution. Yeah. Uh, here's what this church is doing. Let's look at that. And that, we've done that plenty of times. Um, but just to go to your question, uh, we've been blessed to be able to work with some of my favorite music artists. I was listening to in Bible college and just having their songs and their albums on repeat. And now I have the opportunity uh, to work with them. Some of them are um, like Martha Minuzzi. Uh, she's down in, she's down in Florida near, in your backyard and um, Hezekiah Walker up in, uh, up in New York. And uh, he's been such a, such an awesome, awesome friend. You know, and he, when I first got sick, um, he actually came down um, to my office and he surprised me and he did a mini mini concert for me and my team and my family and he prayed over me and it was just such an awesome wow day and um he's recommended a lot. he's he's gotten me a lot of uh referrals and you know it's just it's really cool because you develop relationships with these people and you get to know who they are um another one is clint brown um he's down there in orlando florida yeah and you know he, we've helped him uh, many times and he's become a really good friend of mine also and uh, you know he all of his friends are calling me now and it's just such a cool um, thing and I don't I try not to uh, fanboy them too much right <laughs> um, but 
for me, it's just such a, um, it's such a cool thing to think about how, you know, now I directly get to work with them and kind of learn from them and watch their ministries blossom as well and be part of their ministry as well, which yeah. is a really cool thing for me. That is such yeah. an awesome thing. So yeah, just, just to zoom out now and talk about, you referenced that you got sick and it, it, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, you know, a couple of years ago, right when Refresh LED started to really pick up steam and there was a lot of momentum, um, you got the blind side of your life. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Exactly. Well, it was within months, you know, I, we, we had started uh, Refresh LED and, um, and then almost immediately after um, I, I got the call from my doctor because kind of backing up to how I found out um, I was getting a physical for a life insurance policy. And, you know, the nurse has to come over to take your blood pressure, they draw some blood, they just do the normal routine stuff um, for the insurance policy. Well, I get a denial letter from them because there was something off in the blood work, but they didn't tell me what it was. So I scheduled an appointment with my primary doctor. I go in, uh, they draw some more blood, they run some more tests, and it was on a Friday. And then the following Monday, uh, right at like 8 a.m. in the morning on Monday, my doctor calls me and she was like, Josh, you need to go to the ER like right now. And I'm like, I feel fine. What's going on? And she said, there's something off of your blood work. It looks like your kidneys aren't working. Um, you know, you might have to go on dialysis like right away. And that was a huge, I mean, I, I just went into a complete uh, frozen like shock. Couldn't didn't respond at all. I was just completely silent on the other end of the phone. And uh, finally the phone call ended. And uh, I just remember sitting at my kitchen table, you know, it was 8 a.m. My kids weren't up yet because I think they were, um, they stayed up later because it was Sunday night. And um, I was just staring in the kitchen and I was like, man, what's going on right now? I don't, you know, I was ready for that week to start, started a new company, got some great traction right away. And, uh, it was just a complete blindsided hit. And so I went into the doctors, uh, I actually went to the ER that same day and it was confirmed that my kidneys at that time were operating at like 13% uh, function. And they admitted me to the hospital right away. They started doing more tests and it all just started from there. And um, it, was a, it was a complete uh, surprise to me because at that point I was, I thought I was pretty healthy. You know, I was a young guy and completely just going after goals and dreams and aspirations. And I just felt like the emergency break was just pulled on me, you know, and um, it was a it was a roller coaster right from there. Yeah. And I remember the outpouring of support for you um, mm -hmm. and all of your friends and mm -hmm. people praying for you and your wife and uh, how she just immediately just kind of emotionally came to the rescue and um it really must have been quite overwhelming too to be reminded how many people really love you mm, yeah exactly i mean my wife put a few pictures up a post on facebook and it was just an amazing outpouring of comments and messages and phone calls and text messages and I mean, people that I hadn't even heard from in like 10 plus years and even friends from high school that I hadn't talked to in 15 plus years. I mean, it was, it was completely humbling to see the response and um, humbling and encouraging at the same time. 
And it really just showed me that, man, people are, people are watching. Yeah. Whether you're doing good, whether you're doing bad, whether you're going through a storm or a challenge, I, I mean, eyes are watching and maybe they're not consciously watching you like they're constantly stalking you, but subconsciously people are watching your life. And yeah, they're, they're keeping up with you. Yeah, they're seeing how you handle different struggles and, you know, and I just realized at that point, I was like, man, you know, this is an opportunity because, you know, whether I can go one way or the other, I can kind of sulk in my, you know, what was me type of a mindset, or I can rise up to the challenge and be inspiring to some people because, you know, people go through stuff. I mean, I don't know one person that has lived a a painless life that haven't yeah. gone through some sort of grief. Right. And, um, you know, I just realized at that point, I was laying in the hospital, I was in the hospital that first time for three days. And it was just a great opportunity for God just to really pour into me. Um, you know, I took that opportunity being there alone in the hospital room at night and just <clears throat> a lot of waiting in between tests and whatnot. Um, but I spent a lot of time in prayer and spent a lot of time journaling and just kind of reevaluating everything and just realize that you know god is presenting a new opportunity for me here and i, I wanted to be faithful to that that's so good yeah all right now i want to kind of dive into the months following and you had to go in regularly mm-hmm. for dialysis you you had to monitor yourself closely but you continued to minister you continued to write music you continued to run your business you didn't give up on I mean, maybe some of those things had to take a back seat from time to time, but you really continued to move forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you say that having things to do, um, goals to meet, staying busy, did that help you at all to deal with the struggles that you were having physically? It did. It did. And, you know, you still have a family to take care of. Um, whether you're sick or not, bills still come in the mail. And, um, you know, you still have people to support and people that need you. Um, I made a decision early on in this whole ordeal. And I just told myself and I just I prayed this over and I felt a peace from God. And I said, hey, you know, no matter what I face, I'm not going to stop living out my purpose. I'm not going to stop being uh, a father, a husband, um, a business owner, a a music uh, minister, a worship leader. I don't want this thing to stop, uh, yeah. stop me from my purpose. And so I continued to, uh, like you said, run the businesses. I was still involved in the day-to-days. Um, I still went out and I led worship. And many times, a lot of the churches that I, I visited had no idea what was going on. Um, I showed up. Um, I was a part of their team for that weekend. I ran rehearsals. Um, I led worship. I did worship nights. Um, you know, and I would share a little bit in between songs and uh, minister from stage and whatnot, but I didn't really dive in too much because I, you know, I didn't want it to be part of my identity, you know, um, at least at that time, I didn't want to give the enemy a, a stronghold in my mind that this is who I am. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to come off from a position of strength and, um, you know, and so I just continued to go on. And, you know, in the process, I had dialysis ports. I had a, I had a chest port put in. I had a, a tube going in my stomach. Um, you know, at that time, every night, I would have to 
hook up to a machine for eight hours at a time, um, you know, and just allow my, my blood to clean out and get all the toxins out of my body. Um, there was many times I would travel, I would be in a hotel room, I'd have to hook up at a certain time and nobody would know it. And I would just, you know, kind of just go through the process. Wow. Uh, I'd be on installs <laughs> for the LED company and I would have to run to the bathroom to go hook up. And, um, you know, so I just, I did what I had to do. Um, and I didn't want to broadcast it to the world. I didn't want to broadcast it to the churches or the clients I was working with. I just, this is part of my challenge and I'm going to be faithful to it. And yeah, and I, I want to be a good testimony. At yeah. The end. Well, I think you certainly have been a tremendous testimony to many people, which is why I really wanted to do this interview. Um, but the, the testimony is not finished. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the process of getting on a donor's list mm-hmm. and then the testimony of how you um, received a transplant. Mm, absolutely. Well, I didn't get on the list right away. Um, I, I was on dialysis for probably six months before I really started the donor process, um, you know, and, and I think I struggled a little bit with the thought of taking somebody's organ and putting it in my body to better myself. Um, I really struggled with that thought because I didn't want to be, I don't like being a taker, you know, it's just part, not part of who I am. Um, I don't like handouts. I don't like uh, receiving, um, you know, charity or whatnot. Uh, and so it took me a while to finally say, okay, I'm going to, and my wife really talked me into it and my family as well. And I finally kind of put it out there and, um, I didn't put it out. I didn't even put it on social media say, Hey, I'm looking for a donor or whatnot. Um, you know, my family had asked, I had a couple of people had asked, Hey, are you looking for a donor? So I handed out the phone number as the 800 number that they can call to start the process. So I gave it out to a few people. Um, but inevitably Uh, My family all got tested because that's just part of our family DNA with my parents and my siblings. Um, You know, back when my brother, uh, my brother battled leukemia for many years as a a kid. And um, part of that healing process for him was he needed a bone marrow donor. And so my entire family got tested and I didn't, I was 16 at the time and I didn't have, I didn't think I have a choice. I just got tested and sure enough, I was the match. Wow. Um, and so just not even thinking about it, I just, I donated my bone marrow. Um, it's just kind of what we do as family. And so my family did the same for me. And it turns out that my sister was the, the perfect match to be uh, a donor. And so from San Diego, she started going through all the testing for many months, um, a lot of testing. She actually had to come out to Pennsylvania and do some more testing and then fly back to San Diego um, to receive the results and do a lot more testing. So it was, it was a year's worth of ongoing tests, um, ongoing um, evaluations and whatnot. And really a lot, the big part of um, that process was getting my body ready and prepared uh, from a medical standpoint and getting my blood work uh, in line with where they wanted it to be for a transplant and then making sure that my sister's numbers were in line. So a lot of things had to come perfectly in line and that's why a lot of transplants don't happen even if you have a donor because you know if one number's off they'll cancel the whole thing wow uh, if you happen to get sick and then COVID happened right you know, in the middle of COVID so like wow you know had she gotten it or I gotten it or whatnot then they would have canceled the whole thing um so there was a lot of things um that could have 
stop this process. We had a couple of disappointments where we had a date planned, but then they had to cancel it because my numbers weren't in a good spot. And so um, it was just a roller coaster of a ride. And, and uh, I went through a lot of different emotions with that. Um, and, uh, you know, looking back, I can see how much I've grown through all that and just uh, mentally and emotionally processing right. uh, the whole thing. And even still to this day, you know, I still sometimes catch myself sitting in a little bit of guilt. And uh, that's, that's normal um, for a lot of transplant patients. Um, but, you know, I'm just thankful for the opportunity. And I think I see it as another chance, another opportunity to uh, be a testimony and inspire other people, uh, but also to really uh, make the most out of this life, you know, make the most out of the time that, that God has given me. Yeah. It really, it really puts things in perspective for you. Absolutely. You know, as, you, as you've been talking, I would like to conclude with two follow-up questions. And the first one, I'll lead into it like this. I, I always think that if God allows you to go through a season of pain, especially surprise pain like this, yeah. um, I think that it's, it's preparation for a testimony for other people who are going through a similar situation especially if you're going to steward the pain the way that you did and your family, you, the way you guys came together, you stewarded your season of pain, I think, in the right way. You didn't go down the path of, of depression. I mean, surely you had moments where you were down, but you didn't make it a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know, you chose to stay busy. You chose to work towards goals. You, you chose to decide it wasn't going to be who you were identified by that pain. And as you said before, and, and so now you're on the other side of it, you have a new kidney, mm -hmm. you're feeling much better, you're looking great, you're, you're, you're on the, on the brink of putting out some new music. And I'm sure that new music is going to reflect some of this that you've been through. Mm -hmm. um, the, the first follow up question, and as we are starting to wind down the interview is, what would you say to someone who is walking through a similar season. It's a new year. Maybe they've been blindsided by a relative who they have a compromised immune system and now they have COVID or mm -hmm. somebody else is going through a blindside. They got cancer or diabetes or some other diagnosis that they were not expecting. And now they find themselves in the middle of a blindside moment. What word of encouragement would you give to them today? Absolutely. Well, it's never easy going through any type of surprise, even if, um, you know, whether it's big or small, it, it's just never easy. Um, but unfortunately, that's, you know, life is made up of, of uh, good times and bad times. I would tell this person, uh, if you're going through a difficult time in your life where you're facing a health crisis or any type of crisis at all, uh, to really dig deep and find purpose in that pain. And I know it's a, um, you know, we've heard it all before. But when you find purpose in what you're walking through, it really takes yourself out of the circumstance that you're facing and really puts you in a different place of, you know, of, of purpose and, and destiny with, uh, with your pain. Because you want to be able to be on the other side of it. You want to be able to inspire others. You want to be able to share about how God brought you through. Um, you know, and the second thing I would say is really get rooted, get connected 
uh, to the source, and that's Jesus. Uh, you ha I could not have gone through what I went through if I had tried gone, going through it on my own. Um, you know, I had a great family support. I had great uh, friends support, but, you know, I had to constantly stay connected to the word, stay connected in worship, stay in relation with the Lord. Uh, because if not, I mean, the enemy really gets in your mind and he, he will he will have a, a heyday with telling you lie after lie. And, and, and I, will, I won't lie and, and tell you that I was perfect the whole time. I mean, I struggled a lot. My wife can sit right here and she will agree that there were times where I was telling myself, man, you know, I'm 30 some years old. Why am I dealing with this now? I mean, I, and I started to feel sorry for myself, but I had to quickly stop that and uh, remind myself that, that God has a purpose in this and that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Yeah. And, you know, powerful scriptures, uh, you know, that come to mind, uh, you know, that God's ways are not our ways, you know, that he has higher, higher plans for us. And um, I think if you can stay rooted, stay connected to the word, stay connected to the Holy Spirit, uh, stay in worship, keep your mind fed with the word and with Jesus, uh, that's really what's going to get you through. Um, but for me personally, it was finding purpose. I knew a lot of people watching. I knew I had kids who were watching and my kids are going to grow up and I hope that they'll remember how their dad handled uh the the issues and the pain that i went through because one day they're going to go through their own stuff our kids are going to walk through some difficult times and um you know i want them to be able to look at their old man and say hey you know he walked through it like this so that's a that's a that's how i'm going to walk through it well and said yeah i think that's uh putting everything in perspective really absolutely really me. last question hmm. As an outsider who cares very much about you and your, your wife and kids, um, sometimes we don't know what to say. <laughs> you know, we want to be an encouragement. We want to lift you up. We want to, you know, be a source to kind of get you through another day. But so oftentimes in our good motives or we have good intentions, sometimes we come across like we're just another Christian bumper sticker, right? you know, and, and, you know, Romans chapter 12 gives great instruction. It says, weep with those who weep. Right. And it talks about entering into their, to empathy, you know, as part of a, a spiritual gift of just trying to enter into someone's experience. And, um, and sometimes we just need to cry. Sometimes we just need to be present, uh, not say a whole lot, but. I find that a lot of people who have great intentions to be a source of encouragement actually can accidentally end up being annoying, mm. not what you really need to hear right now, you know? And I remember specifically, I think it was Mandy who put out, hey, here's what we need to hear right now. If you're wondering what to say, you know, mm -hmm. here's a few things you could say that would be really good to hear from time to time. Yeah. So help people who are on the outside who want to know how to be a be a present help you know but they just don't know what to say they they they, they want to help but they don't know what to say right. what encouragement would you give to the outsider who cares wants to help but they don't really know what they feel a little bit awkward and they just don't know what to say what would you tell them that's a great question because oftentimes you want to you want to do something you want to say something and i 
honestly, you can you can look back on my Facebook feed, and I had a moment where I had said um, I was in a moment of anger. I think I don't know if I just got some disappointing news at the time, but I I posted and I said something along the lines of, "Hey, I don't want to hear. I'm praying for you," <laughs> and that was. I completely regret saying that, but it was just a weak moment. But I, I'm going to leave it on there because I, I like that it kind of shows the up and downs of, of uh, my mental journey uh, there. But um, the biggest thing looking back and that really impacted me that what others did was they physically called me and they didn't say, hey, how are you doing? Hey, you know, whatever. They just said, hey, let me just pray with you, you know, or some people sent me um, a message and they typed out their prayer. And they said, hey, I'm standing with you in prayer. You know, I'm not just going to say praying for you. Done. You know, they physically either prayed for me on the phone or they wrote out a prayer and they sent it. And, man, those prayers that they prayed really um, lifted me up, inspired me, just kind of encouraged me. And that just meant the world to me. So I would just say, you know, if, if you have a friend or family member that is going through a tough time, you know, obviously your instinct is you want to do something, you want to help, you know, take the time and, and call them. Um, you may feel like they're, uh, you know, they have a lot going on, but the reality is that they, they probably feel alone. They probably feel isolated seeing everybody else live their lives and they're walking through this, this hard time. So call them, text them, send a prayer, you know, maybe you don't need to get into, hey, how you doing type of discussion, because uh, that can be a little awkward. But you know, just say, hey, do you mind if I just take a minute and just pray with you for a second? And I guarantee you that whoever's on the other end is going to feel uh, a new level of faith after that, after that time of prayer together. And that really helped me a lot. I had a number of friends that just called me and, and prayed with me, didn't really ask a lot of questions because they knew, um, but they prayed with me, they inspired me, and that just kept me going. Wow. I can't think of a better note to end on, Josh. I really appreciate that. And it's very helpful. Yeah. Um, as we conclude, I want you to say a prayer. Um, no doubt someone is watching, listening, yeah. um, who is going through a difficult time physically, maybe going through something similar to you, or at least they know someone who is. Would mm -hmm. you pray for them as we close? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, I, I do, again, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to share what you have done, to share your faithfulness in my life. Uh, and, and God, just to share the work of your hand. Uh, and I've seen you be faithful in so many ways, so many uh, circumstances. And I just pray for that person right now, God, who is walking through a difficult moment, who is walking through a challenging time of their life, Lord, or they don't know how they're gonna make it through or what the end might look like. But God, I just pray that you would encourage them right now, Father God, that you would inspire them with your word. God, that you would speak directly to that person. And I just pray that the, the words of this uh, podcast and the testimony that I've shared, Lord, uh, has touched them on some level, Father God. And God, your word says that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. No weapon of disease or sickness, uh, no weapon of discouragement, no weapon of, uh, of, of lack, God, is going to uh, impact or is going to uh, drive them down, God. And I just pray, Lord, that you would guard them, that you would uh, surround them with your peace and with your love and with your comfort right now in the name 
of Jesus, I pray this over them, God. And I believe, God, that you are writing their story, God, that you are writing their testimony right now, for Father God. So would you encourage them? And God, would you instill power in them, Father, that they would stand up and they would rise to the occasion. They would find purpose in their pain. And God, that uh, you were going to show yourself faithful to them. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Friends, we have been with Josh Dominguez, the CEO, founder, owner, operator, all around leader of Refresh LED. He's got new music coming out soon, and I'm really looking forward to those songs. Can't wait to hear how all of this journey comes out in your music. And maybe here in a little bit, we'll be able to share some of that as well. Absolutely. Gosh, thank you so much for your yeah. time today and for sharing your testimony. Yeah, thanks, Daniel. It's been great connecting with you again. And uh, thanks for the opportunity for me to share what God has done. Amen. God bless you. All right, Daniel. Thanks. to find my help that I